Hey guys, welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We talk about everything having to do with your home, and sometimes I deviate. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about wine. Uh, last week, we talked about organizing your home. We talked about backyards. And in January, we talked about the kitchens in food trucks, which was really interesting. Dan Hugo stopped by, and he explained that whole scenario. And guess what? He's my special guest today. So before I go on, I want to tell you that this podcast is being published on June 17th, which hopefully is today. And I catalog all my shows by dates. So Dan Hugo is the president of the Nevada Mobile Vendors Association. Now, this is something uh, new to his uh, resume. So, Dan, welcome back and tell me what you're doing. Well, thank you for having me, Nancy. Uh, we are just formed on May 10th, 2019, uh, Nevada Mobile Vendors Association, obviously not in Arizona where we are today, but uh, the state of Nevada has mobile vendors all over the state, but has no sort of, uh, no association, literally, uh, looking out for the mobile vendors. A mobile vendor, by the way, is anyone who conducts business in the state of Nevada in what we call a mobile business unit. So you would probably think food truck immediately, but I'm sure many of you listening have been to a farmer's market or to a festival, a fair, a fundraiser at a school, a jewelry show, uh, anything where the vendors don't have a brick and mortar, as we call it. Oh, I was just going to say that. You just stole those words right Sorry. out of my mouth. Uh, we, we, we use that a lot. So any anyone who has a well, a mobile business unit. It could be a member of our association. So you're basically conducting business with customers at a non-fixed address. So you're moving around. So as I think about this, and I know 30 years ago, we used to get ice cream from the Good Humor Man. I guess he'd be considered a mobile vendor. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, one of the reasons to do something like this is because in many places, including Nevada... Uh, some of the regulations that govern how mobile vendors can do business, especially from food trucks, uh, are based on ice cream trucks. So, for example, if you've ever seen or heard about food trucks who cannot park, or the owners, can't park somewhere for more than 30 minutes or can't park a certain distance from a school, it's basically, or sometimes they can't operate in residential areas or on city property or you know, city parks. It's They come back from... 10, 20 years ago about ice cream trucks because they didn't want the ice cream trucks to draw kids to cross streets, right? To, to bring them into dangerous Why couldn't they just park on the same side as the school? That you would think sense. that. <laughs> However, uh, somehow city government people, I think it's, it's sort of reactionary. Um, maybe somebody got hit by a, by a car. And so the reaction is to just say, don't park anywhere near school, right? Hmm, interesting. Not, not to say that getting hit by a car is a good thing, but the, the rules are antiquated in that they, they tend to cover how people do business everywhere because there are no other regulations. So, so one, of the, one of the reasons to do this is to sort of modernize the marketplace. And because of the prevalence and popularity of food trucks and in general mobile vendors, right, like we said, jewelry shows, uh, farmer's markets, uh, making it easier to conduct this business helps entrepreneurs and it also helps the – uh, the city that they're operating in because they get sales tax revenue from that. It helps customers because who doesn't like visiting these events? There's some, we call portable variety, right? So some, some new food options, some new shopping options, some new artisan craft goods and services. So these, uh, like I said, portable variety, uh, vendors bring their 
products, goods and services to any, you know, a, a schoolyard near you, a parking lot near you, and they turn an area that's under, otherwise empty into a, you know, an interesting spot. We call that social activation. So it, it brings people Social out. activation. So many new words in my vocabulary. <laughs> I can't believe it. So, you know, I keep thinking food trucks, but we're so used to saying, okay, food trucks, um, mobile food trucks. We never think of somebody having a truck selling jewelry or clothes or tchotchkes for their home, huh? Is there a lot of that? There are, I, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are more than I would have thought. Uh, when I first started looking into this, when I, I, I think we talked about this last time, was my, um, I have the software platform I've been developing for mobile vendor business development, bookings and whatnot. So I started looking into non-food trucks uh, to explore the mobile vendor marketplace really. So there are, we, uh, you can call them like boutique trucks or, um, clothing. Clothing is common, but uh, anyone who wants to be a mobile vendor, but doesn't sell food, well, they have the option of operating from a truck or a tent or a booth or a stand or a bike or, or any number of, uh, means. So there are certainly several, I, I don't know what the ratio is, but it, it it's not, not a not a tremendous uh, population, but it is more than I, I thought, like I said. So any number of around the country, uh, a lot of clothing trucks. Those I think those are very popular. And I'm trying to think. And, and also occasionally, depending on regulations around wherever you're listening to this, uh, you'll find bar trucks. So like they serve alcohol or they'll make, you know, basically mixed drinks. Those are more uh, geared towards catering. So oh, let me events. go back to what kind of licensing do they need <clears throat> if they're a bar truck? Well, that's that depends a lot on where you are based. So typically, you'll have to you'll have to get your basic alcohol. I guess you can call it a but alcohol licenses are depending on where you are, depending on your city, county. It can vary uh, specifically, but you usually have to get an alcohol license for the location. So. When your location can move around, it changes things a bit. So you have to not only pass any health code requirements, business licensing and whatnot, but you'll usually have to get what's called a well a special event permit for when you are operating. That in, that includes the service of alcohol. So if you ever cater an event, if you ever have like a, I, I know a you wedding. have a, well, I know you have you have events sometimes, some happy yeah, hours do. and things. So if you're serving alcohol at that event occasionally if it's open to the public, especially now a private event, if it's, if it's a, a wedding, like you said, or, or maybe your happy hours, those are closed. They're not, uh, you're not inviting people from the general public to, to attend. So that, that, that's possibly a private event. So that's, that's different. But if you were to say we're, we're having a promotion, we're having a festival, we're having a you know, farmer's market, come on by and try. Oh, and by the way, we're serving beer, wine. That's probably the safe way to go. Then you probably have to get a permit for alcohol service and have, um, depending on your regulations, maybe have a bartender that's been, I know in Nevada where we are the, in Las Vegas, being a bartender means having a sheriff's card and having various credentials that they, uh, that they know who you are, right? Fingerprints and whatnot. So you can't just, uh, can't just open your doors and start handing out beers. You got to have the proper permits and whatnot. Otherwise you're bound to get in trouble. And I these bet are the, you those trucks that sell liquor can't be parked by a school. Probably <laughs> not. Right. And some, some places have a, just a general distance requirement for liquor stores. That's uh, substantial more than, more than a hundred feet. 
I want to get into uh, back to food trucks like we talked about last time because I think there are still a lot of people who don't understand how they operate. But I want to ask you first, as a customer, why would I care if a mobile vendor belongs to an association or not? That's a good question. And Thank you. Often, often people don't really think about the, the nature of the business, right? So you'll go to your food truck event, you'll go to a jewelry show, you'll go to these, these things I mentioned, and you say, oh, this is great for me. And that's fine. That's, that's totally acceptable. That's However, typically how the consumer sure, thinks. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, anyone who goes to a mall or any store, you, you don't really ponder the, the implications of their, their uh, business situation. However, mobile vendors, because of some of the regulations I mentioned, some of them are outdated, some of them are old, some of them are protectionist, which I'll get to in a moment. So by supporting vendors in their efforts to improve their marketplace, so by saying, oh, you are part of an association, that's great. Um, Does that give them more credibility? In some cases, yeah, when they're negotiating for things like insurance or uh, repairs, uh, they tend to move around a lot. So uh, if you... (laughs) I always say, you know, a restaurant business is hard enough, but when you put it on wheels, now your restaurant can break down. So they have they have issues with, uh, you know, speaking of food trucks in this case, but mechanical issues, they have to have generators. So the generator could break down. They have to sometimes update or fix or repair or change their, uh, their fire suppression systems, their cooking equipment because of different regulation changes. The fire codes might change. And if you're in a fixed restaurant, you don't have to face that so often because guess what? Sometimes the regulations change over city uh, or county borders, right? So if I'm operating in two different counties or three different cities, even I might say, well, if I'm in this city, I have to have a different fire suppression system than the other city, or I can't have propane tanks, or I can't have a different, uh, say a propane generator. I have to have a diesel generator. So that, and these, these can all change, like I said. So business league, as we formed, uh, in the, this association, if you look up uh, in the tax codes, a business league, a trade association, and a chamber of commerce are all the same. So when you work with businesses who are, have chosen to form something like this, you are being supportive of a, of a business league, in this case, of entrepreneurs, of business owners who want to improve their marketplace. And so they work together, even though they're competitors, even though each and every one of them would rather you patronize them. They would all also like you to support what they're trying to do together. So it's a collective operation uh, to try to improve the marketplace for ultimately for the customers, right? So if you can imagine, uh, I'll give you a great example. There's a there where I'm where we're doing this in Nevada in Las Vegas. You can operate a food truck on a street for 30 minutes. Then you have to move. So that's the law. That's the basics of the law. But you have to move how far? Hmm. Nobody's ever really sure about that. And why is it 30 minutes? And what if I'm parked by a school, right? So all these, all these subtleties start coming up and often code enforcement, which will go out and write tickets or close you down. Like if you were serving alcohol and you shouldn't, that's a, a bigger ticket and they'll definitely shut you down. These, the, these regulations are often confusing or not complete. And so there's a lot of room for error. And this can also apply to a farmer's market, right? So say you want to go or a jewelry show even. So say we want to have a show and we, we get our permits and we have it, we, we open our event and we invite customers and then somebody says, oh, wait, you're not allowed to do that on this type of property. The zoning is different. You can't advertise in a particular residential area because of an HOA. 
So the interactions between these small vendors who are trying to find an operational area to conduct their business are suddenly faced with uh, sort of regulations that you wouldn't expect because, like I said, everything's different everywhere. So by working with an association, by banding together and sometimes merely marketing each other, right, so some cross-promotion, sometimes you actually, or we, we will actually engage with city, county, state governments. We'll talk to, say, the health department. We'll talk to code enforcement and improve, if we can, change or or clarify issues so that the cult, the customer ultimately can conduct business with their favorite vendors, right? Well, since I, I've known you a long time, especially since the fact that I am your mother. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know that you did a lot of ag- advocacy things in Sunnyvale when you started that association. And you want to talk about that because I was very proud of you. You went to uh, talk to the city government. You had some things change. So give us a little peek into Sunnyvale. So, yes, I, so I used to live in the Bay Area in California. And similarly, I mean, this is a not a new thing. It's um, anywhere where people are conducting mobile business, they will tend to, well, they run into the same problems. Uh, so in the Bay Area, there were, well, what you get, and this is this is another, maybe some inside baseball. When you're conducting a, a mobile event, sometimes there's an organizer, right? And they will promote the event usually, and they'll say, hey, come and see our farmer's market or come and see our festival or come and see a food truck event this weekend or come to our car dealer and, you know, then they'll have vendors there to promote that. So they will occasionally, more often than not, say, hey, mobile vendor, um, give us some sort of a flat fee, like uh, $50, $100, $1,000, could be anything. And then sometimes give us a percentage of your uh, gross sales. We call it a That's the share. event planner talking, right? Usually, right. Yeah, okay. um, it could be, it, it, usually there's some sort of a host and then some sort of an organizer or maybe the same person or company. But, you know, I, I view the host as the person that has the venue and they're sort of like a... Um, if it's if it's a wedding, the host would be the families and the organizer would be the caterer, right? So that's a simple example, but there, there's no hard and fast rules. But so some sort of an organizer will say, uh, oh, if you'd like to, because the, the viewpoint there is you're the business person and I'm giving you a place to conduct your business because you don't have an address, right? So the mobile vendors are dependent on places to operate from so that they can conduct business. So, and typically do they pay for these, uh, little spaces that they park on sometime? Well, so for example, uh, the food truck events that you'll find here and there, often there's a fee. So like I said, they'll pay tens or hundreds or even thousands of dollars. Why thousands? I mean, that seems a little much. Hopefully those are multiple day events. Um, I'll get into a couple of examples in, in the Las Vegas area recently, but so, so in general, you'll pay the, the vendors has to the vendor has to pay to conduct their business, and sometimes a revenue share. So they're p- paying ten percent, twenty percent, up to forty percent. Then that's I'm not kidding. Forty percent of your revenue goes to the event organizer. So does the event organizer check their register and they will and sometimes have the vendors use their own the the uh, supplied uh, credit card processing? Oh, that's platform. like Big Brother's watching. It is. It is. It impinges on your rights to do business. It, 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 uh, <clears throat> there's sort of a privacy concern 
Yeah. In general. Right. Like why yeah. do I have to share all my, yeah. to, to, uh, open the books, so to speak. So, uh, so one of the things we did in the Bay area was say, Hey, you should, uh, you got into business to be in business, not to pay somebody else. Right. So why are you being, you're already paying sales tax. You're already paying business license fees. You're already paying permit fees. And then the, the restaurant business for those who don't know is not a high margin business. Mostly it's, especially it's, you know, one-off restaurant. You're not a chain of, uh, it's a lot of hard work. I know our family has been in it once and we would never do it again. <laughs> Way too much work. Yes. And I've worked in restaurants. I've worked in food trucks specifically, uh, as part of my education. Do you own a food truck? I've never owned a mobile business unit of any kind. And do you ever want to? Uh, <laughs> it is a lot of work, like you said. And well, so so when, I'll just say, so when we did this in the Bay Area, I got the same question, like, why don't you don't own a food truck? Why are you doing this one? It's an, it's an interesting challenge. And that's probably a whole nother show's worth of discussion. But I, I don't own a mobile business unit of any kind, which means I'm not competing with the members of either in when I did this in the Bay Area or now in Nevada. I am not a competitor, which means I don't have a reason to favor my mobile business unit over any other. Any other. Mm. So if you don't have a food truck... What kind of background do you have that gives you all of this knowledge? What was your background? Well, I'm a software engineer by, well, I'm an engineer by academic background. And a software engineer was my focal, yeah, I'll call it a focus. From when I graduated from college many, many years ago to today. Uh, most recently, I worked for Intel. I traveled around the world. Met up with a lot of food truck owners, in fact, uh, mobile vendors in general. There's always a farmer's market. There's always a street vendor. There's always uh, there's always something going on where people are operating the equivalent of mobile business yeah, units. Yeah, and I hate to veer from the original question, but what country had the best food trucks that you visited? Well, aside from America, uh, which oh, has more. You. Well, I think we, have, <laughs> we just have more. Uh, but I have to say the food in Italy served off the smallest food trucks you'd ever imagine was amazing. So... Uh, I had the opportunity to visit some in Rome uh, when I was at Maker Faire there. And uh, I I have to be honest, I don't know if, if the, the fee structure I mentioned is as prevalent or all around the world. I know people have to deal with just issues in general. But uh, I mentioned the, the fees in Nevada when there there have been some large events, multi-day events. You, you'd ask, you said thousands. Uh, there are events in Nevada where... Uh, they'll be going on for, you know, festivals. Usually they're going on for three days, four days. And so the event organizer will say, all right, well, you pay me $2,000 up front and then I want a percentage of your revenue. Right. So well, what's the guarantee that they're going to bring in enough money to pay that fee? Right. There's never, there's never a guarantee. It's only the credibility of the organizer's event. Right. So if it's, it's a, if it's a recurring event, if it's a famous, well-known event and we have those, obviously, um, Anything that happens at the convention center, for example, the you've probably heard of CES or the the Kitchen and Bath Show. Oh, I for have example. heard of Kitchen, them. Since I've been there every year. KBiz certainly, CES definitely. Uh, these draw large crowds to the convention center. If you've ever seen food trucks parked in the middle, yeah, with area, the long lines. Yep, they got long lines, but they are paying forty percent of their revenue to the convention center. To and be did there. you ever talk to anybody to see how much they make so that that forty percent is just a drop in the bucket? Well, here's where the customer interaction comes into play because often customers will say, those prices are too high. Well, oh, so it, they pass it on to the customer. Right. And Well, they have to. They have you, to. You can't, you can't operate a business handing out 40% of your gross 
income to somebody else, right? So you have to raise your prices and that impacts the customer. And you'll find this inside. It's similar to a movie concession, really. Like, why is the candy so expensive in a movie concession? Well, that's where they get their money from. Mm. Hey, we were talking about uh, food trucks, and I know I've seen a lot of nighttime events where the food trucks have, some of them have really interesting lights, which brings me to Premier Lighting. Now, I was going to talk about lights, but instead I'm going to talk about fans. They actually are selling modern form fans. These fans are smart, energy efficient, can be controlled by an app, and voice activated. What more would you want in the summer? I would love to go into a room and say, fan, turn on. It's a little hot in here. So you can always go to their website, shoppremier.com. You can see what they have, what they offer. You can also call them. Their phone number is right on there. You can have some of their consultants help you with the lighting in your home. You can change the feeling and the mood of your house just by the lights. But right now, you need to add fans because summer's here and it's getting awfully warm. So don't forget, go to shoppremier.com. Now, back to Dan and his food trucks. Yeah, well, they're not mine, but uh, yes. His food truck association. <laughs> and it's not a food truck association, to be clear. Uh, that is very oh, common. I'm so sorry, That's okay. mobile. It, often people, because you know, food trucks are very trendy and popular, but they have been since... But they also uh, roll off my tongue, food trucks. Sure, food sure. Truck. But I know you enjoy uh, going to a jewelry show now and then. So the okay, booths... Okay, so call the, it the jewelry show. <laughs> But booths, tents, carts, stands, bikes, boats, planes, whatever people Do want to people use. people sell for, off their bikes? There are, there are more bike vendors than I would have thought. Uh, you can imagine a, back in the old days, the Good Humor Man, if there was a bike version. I think there was. Uh, I think there was. So or I still Italian see. Or Italian Ice. They, sure. they were always selling that on the bike. And version. I still see those. So we are trying to be an inclusive organization in Nevada. The common way to go is a, is a food truck association. So that's not... Um, I won't hold that against you, but we are trying to, first of all, you get a, a larger number of participation uh, participants in your association if you open that up, but they also face similar problems. So I was like, well, why, why make it just about food trucks? You can be inclusive. If you go to some of those events I mentioned, so some festivals, you got food tents and booths right next to trucks and trailers. So what's the difference really? Everybody's paying a lot of money. Uh, we have a first Friday event in in Las Vegas, and they also have one up in Reno on the same on the first Friday. They're usually on Friday. They they charge money for the vendors to be there, and it doesn't matter if you're a tent or a truck. It's, it's all. I want to talk uh, quickly about being able to contact trucks, food trucks. I'm thinking of not jewelry trucks, but food trucks for say weddings. People out there ask me all the time, at least the people I know. So how do I get a food truck? Um, well, how do they get a food truck? Now, we're located in Phoenix, but I'm sure this question arises all over the country. If you want to have a wedding or an office party or a happy hour, how do people find food trucks? That is a great question, and that is part of how I got into this in the first place, was because back in my early food truck experience days, there were – it was basically Twitter, right? You'd find your favorite – literally finding your favorite vendors, food trucks or trailers or whoever. And so you had to be tweeting. You had to follow us on Twitter. And then Facebook came out. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. But the one thing I don't like about that is you have to be a Twitter person. Now, right. what if somebody is just hungry, they're 65 years old, they're not on Twitter, and they want to get a food truck location? And I've literally heard that. 
I, I can picture it right now. Somebody says, you know, how do I find you again? And the people on the truck said, uh, just find us on Facebook. They didn't even say where, what the name was, you know. Well, from what pe- I understand, less and less people are using Facebook. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's their problem. But uh, I mean, that's Facebook's problem. Um, I also don't like Facebook so much. But the people that in in this little mini story, they they literally said, "But what if we don't use as you, say, you know, what if we don't use Facebook?" And right. the, the people on the truck literally shrugged their shoulders and said, "Uh, we don't know." So relying completely on social media is one of the issues that we that I've. Wa- been tackling in both the uh, my first pass at this back in 2011 in in um, California and now in Nevada. So how to connect customers, not only customers who want to walk up and conduct business, right, buy things, eat things, but also I want to have an event. I want to book food trucks. I want to book some some vendors for my. I'm having a farmers market. I'm having a, a fundraisers at schools are very popular, right? Uh, apartment complexes maybe so for community building events. So how do I get these people together? Well, sometimes you can call an organizer, right? So I'm the host. I want to call an organizer and the organizer will say, well, sure, I'll help you out. Give me some money. Well, the host may pay, but somebody's going to pay, right? Right. Time is not free. So my model is a little bit different. I've developed a software like I've sort of described. It's it's hard to describe in a a short period of time. And I don't want to go too crazy here, but we'll do another podcast sure. about that. But, but but basically, it's it's a it's a a tool, a software tool that does not rely on social media, so that you can book an event yourself and save vendors money, and then by having an association, the association cross promotes. So we've we're sort of elevating the marketplace by making it easier and cheaper for the vendors, definitely to right. So me engage. as a as a an event planner, I can then get my food trucks together and run the. Uh, the event myself. I wanted to ask you one more question because I know you have to go. Um, a lot of people still don't realize that food truck um, businesses have to be inspected by the Department of the Health Department, the Health usually, yeah. Department, and they do this quite frequently. So explain that so people feel a little more comfortable, although I've never heard anybody say, I can't eat that food from that food truck because I don't know if they're clean because believe me, they are clean. But right. Tell and, us. Well, I mean, this is, this is sort of, I don't think this is promoted enough. When you go to your doctor's office, they'll have their diploma on their wall right behind them. Right. So, you know, they went to medical school. You when hope. you when, when you when you patronize, uh, say, a kitchen designer, uh, you may see some letters after their name, but so credentials and and um, uh, certifications are not always plain and visible, and that's often true with food trucks. So usually, um, or or mobile, mobile vendors have to have a business license. Uh, right, in most but they're cases. not inspected because they're not, they're not inspe- selling food. Right. Well, some well some tents are, but if anyone who's you might be licensed to sell. Uh, well, they call them licensed products, right? So if I'm selling memorabilia for sports or uh, anyway, so so to your point though, there's you you have to display your health department um, a letter grade of some size, yeah. some sort when there's an inspection. The inspections can happen anytime. So quite often there's a mobile inspector unit, right? There'll be a, a few or many that go to events. They usually find them on social media because they're hard to find. You go to, they follow, you'll see inspectors following food trucks on social media. So any mobile food vendor and they'll show up and they will inspect each one. So they're checking water temperatures they're checking, uh, holding temperatures in refrigeration units. They're checking. Just like in real restaurants. Just like in real restaurants. Yeah. But this is something that's not always clear because 
as a customer, you may see something going on. Why is somebody going in there poking around and, and filling out a, a paper on a clipboard after that? But it's not always clear. Whereas restaurants, they, they sort of they publish it in the newspaper usually or they'll make it visible that, hey, we got an A. And they put the, the sign up in the window. Well, the food vendors do the same thing. They'll put that A or they probably won't put anything but an A up. But uh, anything less than an A is probably may as well be an F. But the fact is they are inspected usually more often than restaurants. Oh, how many times? I, I've seen – well, I see a mobile inspector where I am in uh, in the north part of Las Vegas, in the city of Las Vegas. They show up pretty much almost every week uh, the, because what, because the food trucks are always moving around in this well, case. Well, I mean, but how many times a year do they inspect one oh. truck? Uh, well, there has to be one formal inspection at least. So you renew your health department um, – Health department permit, permit license. Uh, we'll use those interchangeably. But there's a there's a inspection, just like a restaurant. So once a year. But there's also spot inspections, and they'll just show up. And there's usually a warning. They usually say, "Hey, we're going to come out and inspect today." And uh, so it's not a complete surprise, but they are. They can be surprised. And so often people don't know, and you'll hear this: "Our um, eh, food truck safe to eat off." Of? They're actually inspected more often and under more circumstances than restaurants. In the Bay Area, there were five, five or six, depending on. Uh, so we'll, we'll say five. Five counties of operation that most food trucks uh, vendors would travel through. Uh, tr- food trucks you'll see more often traveling around because they just—that's their nature. They just—they have a built-in. Well, they have to get from engine. A to B. Uh, food tents at farmers markets and so on. Those are—I'm uh, not going to say they're—they're they're less mobile, but the, the, it's just a different different landscape. Moving between five counties, that's five different health departments to deal with. So when you think about it, your restaurant you go to that's stuck in the ground uh, gets inspected by one. A food truck is inspected by five in the Bay Area, for example. So to ask whether the food trucks are safe to eat off of is the the quote. Uh, The answer is, well, they're inspected five times as much as the, the restaurants are. So often food trucks are every bit as clean and more often than you would think they're many times more clean because they're cleaned out every day. They're hosed out they're They're, they're spick and span really. Mm. And I tell people, Hey, I eat off food trucks. I, I actually would I know not you do. if, they were, if they were, if they were, and, and mobile, you know, food tents, I, I definitely would not appreciate knowing or even not knowing that, uh, that there was a problem. So that's something that the association model can, can attack is that, uh, Hey, these are clean. So when you hear people asking that question, as an association, you can say, no, it's, and that's part of the education component uh, of the, the marketplace, right? You tell people, well, here's how we do business and here's how we get certified and we get inspected, uh, operating legally and, and above board all the time. And by working together to promote that, the competitors that are mobile vendors can collaborate on uh, on elevating the marketplace. Well, I can tell that you're passionate about this and we wish you so much luck with the Nevada Mobile Vendors Association. I know that shortly you will be working on one that's coming to Arizona. There are, yes. One of our founding members has relocated. He returned to, uh, to Arizona and I'll not divulge his name here so we can uh, save this, the big announcement, but he's very interested in doing something similar here. So we're taking what we've learned in Nevada and we'll see about Arizona. So you guys out there, if you have any questions having to do with any kind of mobile vendors, please don't hesitate to email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. In the meantime, I want to thank Dan for coming by. 
uh, every time he's here. We do learn a lot more about food trucks, mobile vendors, and everything else. And I know he's got a couple of other projects that he's working on, so we'll have him back to talk about them. Being uh, very close to him, I know what they are, and I'm not going to tell you. So there you go. So, Dan, thanks a lot. I know you have to go. And I have I to just, go visit a food truck, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> and and I just want to tell you guys, if you do enjoy these podcasts, please tell your friends about them. They're easy to listen to, and you learn so much. At least I learn so much, and I hope I'm sharing that knowledge with you guys. Don't forget to email me if you have any questions. And if you are not using the app on your phone, because that makes it so much easier to listen to, you can get the app on your iPhone or your Android and search for Home Design Chat with Nancy and then subscribe. And then every time I post or publish a podcast, which is every Monday, then you'll have it right there and you can listen to it. And well, you have your choice of listening or not listening, and I hope you do listen. So I have a lot of fun doing these podcasts, and I sure hope you have fun listening. So until the next time, you guys have a great day.